Boy, is it raining outside. I wouldn't notice. That's because I was holding the umbrella. That's why. But it was a big umbrella, right? Oh, yeah. It was big enough to hold and cover you also. Yeah, there's no question. There's no question about it. It, it, it covered you for sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. All right. Anyways, welcome to another edition to Storytime with Rabbi Yitzhak And you're listening to jbradio.com. If you'd li- like to listen to us live, you can listen to us live by dialing on your telephone, 712-432-4217. That number again is 712-432-4217. And, of course, if you'd like to listen to us live and have the option of following the menu so you could check archives, or let's say you missed the show here and there, and you want to listen to it again, or you just want to hear it because you missed it, then you can dial 718-506-9099. And be sure to listen to the prompting of the menu. Okay, and if you want to listen to us on a kosher internet, so then, of course, it's jradio.com. And, of course... And number we never have to say is 718-683-5858. We never have to say 683-5858. We never, 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 never have to because everybody knows it. Very good. Okay, and uh, all donations are accepted to Jabot Radio. We can definitely use it. And you enjoy our programming, and it does quite a lot in a theoretical way. And uh, just to remind you very briefly, real fast is that there was a very interesting Misa once this Chofas Chaim sent three Talmidim to go speak and lecture in a certain town. And when they came back, the Chofas Chaim asked them, no, how did it go? And of course, unfortunately, they reported that uh, their speeches went over their heads and it didn't look like they heard and understood anything. But the Chofas Chaim said, how long were you speaking? Well, each one of us spoke for an hour. So it was for three hours. The Chavis Chaim jumped up for joy and he said, Wow, do you know what that means? Three hours people didn't talk Lashon Hara. So yes, there are different levels of how Javit Radio helps keep us in Ruchnius as it should be. So therefore, uh, you know, supporting Javit Radio is a very, very sensible and good idea. And this way it keeps us going to do what we have to be doing. Okay, so the address is Jabot Radio, 2829 Nostrand Avenue, Brooklyn, New York, 11229. Once again, that address is 2829 Nostrand Avenue, Brooklyn, New York, 11229. Okay, I would like to remind everybody that this show tonight is Zechus for Rafua Shalema for Chaim Yosef Tzvi Ben Sarah Miriam. Also, it will be a Zechus for Rafua Shalema for Peril Bas Chaya Rivka. Okay. And uh, I'd like to remind everybody that uh, it's coming before Purim, and my book is still out there, Baruch Hashem. You know, books have a very interesting thing. During the year, you know, books sell sporadically here, sporadically there. But whenever it comes around a Yom Tov, like Hanukkah, they really sell like hotcakes. And now it's coming Purim time. Hopefully, Be'ez Hashem will sell like hotcakes. So, my book called uh, Zelig the Wagon Driver is still on sale. 
And you can buy it in your local Swarm store, or you can buy it directly from me and get it autographed. And uh, if you want shipping and handling, you know, so we can take care of that too. And you can get an autographed book. Okay, and of course, I'll do the rest. You look very tired, Robbie. I'm sit down, sit down, relax, relax, relax. Okay, I'll sit down and relax. All right, go ahead. Okay. So if anybody's interested in ordering any of Rabbi Yitzhak's story CDs, then the number to call is 718-375-1294, and he will be more than happy to email you or fax you the complete updated list at the present moment. There's approximately at least 50 CDs. Can you imagine that 50? And most of them are not in stores. Okay, uh, also, if you're interested in uh, hiring Rabbi Yitzhak for either storytelling or for the Kayach from the Mayach, um, you know, uh, show, uh, or or for extreme martial arts demonstrations, then another call is 718-375-1294. Okay, so remember that now, if anybody's interested in uh, martial arts lessons or self-defense lessons or Qigong energy exercises and things like that, um, you could call 718-375-1294. There might be a waiting list, but, you know, you never know because sometimes people realize, oh boy, I had to work out, I have to do X, you mean I can't just snap my fingers and the thing works? Uh, no, 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 according to what I've seen Rabbi Herbs do, no, 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 it's not possible to snap your fingers and then everything should happen. You have to work out, you have to do special exercises if you want to be good. And of course, unfortunately, some people just get lazy and they're not self-motivated, you know, so some people come for a while, some people stay for three years, four years, you know, and then some people stay for a day or two, a week or two, and that's about it. So you never know, so uh, to be on the waiting list is also a good idea. And the same thing with the art lessons and so and so forth. Did I cover everything i think so um okay so i have a story um i told it twice so far you told it to rabbi weiss no 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 i said i told it twice twice that's what i said twice twice no 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 not twice twice two times Oh, two times two is four. N- you see? Just kidding. Hey, come on, Robbie Herbs. It's on there. You gotta wake up. You can't sleep there in the chair. All right. I'll wake up. Hey, <laughs> me, That's the spirit, Robbie Herbs. Good, good, good. Do you have a story, by the way? Yes, I was about to tell a story that I said I only told twice so far. All right, how about telling it a third time? Yeah, when would you like me to tell it? Right now. Oh, that's, you know, that's a great idea. All right, tonight's story is called The Mysterious Ring. I, I don't hear any ring. No, 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 no. Like a ring you put on your finger. Ow! Uh, people ring the phones on the finger. Yeah, see, I just push it, you know, say, maybe next week, maybe, you know, put them, you know, it's coming around the bend, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe. Yes, I understand. Okay, here we go. Tonight's story is called The Mysterious Ring. And now we take you to a certain Galach's house. All the way in the city of Borinia. In the little shtetl of Bornia, which was mostly in one part was Jewish and mostly in the other part was Goyim. Anyways, they basically lived in peace and harmony. But a few years before that, a few years before that, in moved a certain galah called Krumkov. Krumkov was a very interesting galah. The first few years, he made himself like they say in Yiddish, Bakavaint. You know, he wanted to make sure everybody knew him, think he's a nice guy. But deep down, he was deeply an anti-Semite. 
We did not like the Jewish people at all, unfortunately. But now it was time for him to try things. And what kind of things? Well, uh... I, I don't know. I don't know the story, Rabbi. I only told it twice. Did I ever hear it before? <laughs> I think maybe one or two times you were there. Oh, oh, could be, could be. Okay, so if I hear it, can I say it? Uh, no. You just listen. Maybe next week we'll let you tell a story. The week of Purim. Oh, sounds like fun. Okay, go ahead, Rabbi Arms. I am, I am, I am, I am. Anyway, so let me tell you what happened. This Gala Krumkov. He definitely, definitely had bad intentions for the reason why he came to this particular town of Borneo. But in this town of Borneo, there was a tzaddik by the name of Rabdovid, known as Rabdovid of Borneo. And this story took place around 1840. It was in the kingdom of Bohemia. And at that time, if I remember correctly in my history, it was King Ferdinand V who was the last crown king of Bohemia. So this story took place in 1840, because if I know my history well enough... You do, you do. Uh, yeah, see. Uh, 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 if I know my history enough, I think that the last year of his rule over Bohemia was in 1848. So this story, according to the legend, took place in 1840. Yeah. Rabbi, why are you talking like 1840? Because my uh, throat is a little sore. Uh, uh, can I see it? No, no, no. You see? Okay, just kidding, just kidding. Anyway, so let me get on with the story. Krumkov was in his palace. And he was thinking to himself, Let me think about this. You know, from my experience, if I try to do some sort of a blood libel, <laughs> Sometimes if I use a other person, if I hire somebody to do the things, they mess up. They leave some evidence. They don't cover their tracks very well. Hmm. That's why this smart rabbi, Rabbi Dovide over here from uh, Borneo, very, very smart man. But you know, I am going to be smarter this time. <laughs> of course, I will be very smart. <laughs> because right now, what I am thinking of doing <laughs> is maybe not to use any henchmen at all. <laughs> I should do everything myself. And then there's another thing that I thought about. I give this a lot of thought. You know, it's very, very interesting. It just so happens that all the time the Jewish people are alert for a blood libel to take place, usually during the time before Passover, or Pesach, like the Jewish people call it. <laughs> but of course, I have a different plan. I have a plan to set up a trap for the Jewish people. And I will do this <laughs> during the Purim holiday. I will set the trap. They won't... <laughs> they won't... <laughs> Are you trying to say suspect? Yes, that's the word. They won't suspect the thing. <laughs> uh, yes, this is going to be very interesting. <laughs> no, the first thing is, I must kill a little boy, a goyish child. But where am I going to get one that nobody would suspect? Let me think about this. 
If I kill a boy from Borneo, then everybody will know he's missing. <laughs> wait, wait a second. Am I a genius or am I not a genius? I will go to two towns from here. That will be far enough. <laughs> yes, I will go two towns from here and then I will uh, kill a child from over there and then take the blood <laughs> and use it for blood libel. But they'll never suspect anything because they won't know who to look for because I'm going to go in disguise. <laughs> but the blood I will take with me. And I will make it look like that they buried the child and nobody knows where it is. <laughs> this plan cannot fail. <laughs> but of course, we know Haman said the same thing. But meanwhile, going back here, let's find out what his plans were. All right. Nobody saw me leave this village. And nobody saw my package I have here. <laughs> because what I have here in my package is a disguise. Okay, let me get on my horse and gallop away. <laughs> oh, here I am. Now let me put on my disguise. No, let's see that little mirror I have here in my pocket. <laughs> I don't look nothing like me. Of course. <laughs> There's no way that I could look like myself. I look like a hunchback. <laughs> I put the pimples all over my nose. <laughs> this is very good. <laughs> and so... He went into the town and pretended he was a hunchback and a cripple. Oh, excuse me, little boy. Yes, can I help you, sir? Yes, I have to meet someone at the other end of the town. Would you be so kind enough to help me across? Maybe. <laughs> can you do this for me? Hmm? Just for me. What do you say? Eh? Can you do this for me? Well... You look like a nice old man, although you got a couple of boo-boos on your nose, eh? Um, okay, I guess so. All right, um, this way, please. Oh, thank you so much. And of course, he convinced this child to walk him to the other end of the village. And then when he came to the outskirts, he asked the boy, Listen to me, little boy. Can you perhaps sit over here and wait with me until my friend comes? In the meantime, you can join me for a meal. What do you say? Oh, that would be nice. I'm pretty hungry. Okay, sounds good. Very good. Okay, you just sit over here and relax. And I will uh, get ready to make the meal. I just need to get a little firewood here and there. Oh, I could do that. Oh, no, no problem. You see, I know exactly which kind of twigs I need to be able to put the fire. Oh, but maybe I can help you. Don't worry, you helped me plenty up until now. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't understand. Why are you laughing, sir? Don't worry, you'll know soon enough. And sure enough, what ended up happening was, when the boy was sitting there eating a tuna fish sandwich, all of a sudden, without warning, this evil Galach, unfortunately, took the life of this boy. 
drained his blood and put it into two bottles. And he buried the boy out there in the forest. And the time that this boy would be noticed that he's missing, no one would, would be able to find out where he is. Because there was no video cameras in those days. No security cameras. No nothing. But now he had the bottles of blood. And he took And then he proceeded back. And before he went into the town, he buried the hunchback clothing. And he came back as the Galach. And as the Galach, he went and prepared his next part of the plan. <laughs> no, for the next part of my plan, it should be very easy for me to do. You see, they expect me to come between uh, Pesach and uh, whatever, but I'm going to be smarter. You see, on the day of Purim, when the Jewish people, they dress up in disguise, I also will come in disguise, because as far as I understand, what seems to be what they do is a very, very interesting costume. Uh, do you say costume? They wear costume? Of course they don't. No, no, no. You see, you are supposed to stay out of the story, remember? Oh, sorry. <laughs> but, it's, you know, it's, it's very hard for me. Yes. Don't worry. It will be easy in time. Yeah, yeah, like when I grow up or something. Okay, go ahead. All right. So, now, where was I? You're on page 16. Oh, thank you. Anyways, um, um, go ahead. All right. So, what I will do is I will dress up in a disguise. And the Jewish people, they have this custom that when they finish... <laughs> I'm just laughing, thinking about it. When they finish their basic meal for what they call the Purim Su'uda, <laughs> they come to the shul and the synagogue and they go there and they uh, continue to eat a little bit and they have great big Purim party together with the, uh, how you call it, they have a Purim party with the rabbi. <laughs> and everybody's still wearing their disguises. So if I come in and wear a disguise and then I, I come in and when I come inside and I'm wearing my disguise, I will go down in this chair, sit near one of those big uh, bookshelves, take out one of those holy gemaros, whatever they call them. I will take it out. I will put it on the table. I will pretend I'm learning. And then when I put it back, <laughs> I will slip the bottles there. <laughs> they will never be able to prove it's me. <laughs> and so... This evil Galach, he forgot one little thing. What's that? What's that? Ah, oh, you see. What month did he choose? Adder. He was Purim, of course. That's right. He should know better that that's the best muzzle that we have. But, you know, it doesn't look that way. But let's go and follow up what happened. First thing that happened was, it was Purim night. Tainus as the night after the Tainus was over, before people sat down to eat, the Balkair lay in the Megillah. Now there in that town of Borneo, there was a very old Balkair who must have lain in the Megillah for 40, 50 years even. And he lay beautifully, even though he was an old man. And what happened was, this time as he lay in that night, he was reading... And he came to the part where it says, Vayosar HaMelech Estabotoi Me'al Yodoi. And the king removed his ring from upon his hand. 
he came to that part, and he began leaning. Why, and the Rav started thinking, I don't understand. What seems to be the problem? He's lain before. Why is he stuck at those words? Hmm. I'll give him a chance to clear his throat. I don't understand. The old Malkira thought to himself, She doesn't make sense. I read this all the time. Let me try it again. And no matter what, no matter how he tried to lay in the best he could do, the trap or whatever, he couldn't get the word tabatoi out. And eventually... The Rav, as much as he didn't want to embarrass the Balkaira, because of Tirchat Sibura, he had no choice. And what he did was, he had to send a younger Balkaira to take over. And the younger Balkaira had no problem. The younger Balkaira went over and had no problem whatsoever. Whatever it was, whatever truck they used in those days, Anyways, the bottom line was, no problem. He lained it without any difficulty whatsoever. But the Rav kept it in the back of his mind. Hmm, I wonder. It seems to be that if there is something going on, if there was a problem with the Balkaira reading those words, such a simple reading, and he couldn't get the word Tabatoi, uh, his ring. Hmm. There must be something about it. I'll just keep my eye on those things. I'll see what happens. And sure enough, the next day, Megillah was red in the morning, and the old Balkaira didn't want to read. He was afraid to be embarrassed. And so the younger Balkaira read without a problem. And then people went home, and they did all the mitzvahs of the day. They did the yeshivas Morachai. They did Matanas Levyoinim. They did Mishloyach Monais. They did everything, including the Seuda. And of course, like the Minigan Borneo was, as everybody was getting closer to their benching, they would leave their house. They had a mind to continue the Seuda in the Shul together with their Rav, Rav David. And this is exactly what happened. They came there. And while they were sitting around the table, singing and dancing, I heard you my shoya, I heard you my shoya, I heard you my shoya. Now you're starting to sound like the Balkari, you're getting stuck over there. Now you're starting to talk less in horror. Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. We shouldn't be talking less in horror. Okay. And of course, everybody was singing different kinds of tunes. Anything, no gay. And 
And they were mamish doing all of these things, singing and dancing. And in walked the Galach in disguise, Krumkov. But nobody recognized him. They thought it was a typical Yid. And they were looking at him, but they couldn't see through the disguise. And he wobbled a little bit, make believe like he was a little shaker. He went to the big swarm shank, to the big swarm shells, and he took out one of the big, huge gemaros, pulled it out, and he knew which way to hold it up. He somehow knew. And he pretended he was learning. He was shuckling back and forth, back and forth, and forth and back. And then eventually, after about an hour, he got up to put the safer back on the shelf. And nobody noticed that he slipped in. Yes, you got it. He slipped in the two bottles of blood. And so the next morning came. You know something? I bet you that was Chatzkala. No, no, Chatzkala was sitting right next to him by the Suda. It could not have been Chatzkala. Then who was the guy that sat down and learned over there? Either he had a very good disguise. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I bet you it's Barrow. No, it's not me. Oh, I bet you it's, uh, it's really David. No, it's not me. I'm here. Trust me, I would enjoy pulling a, a joke like that. And of course, they couldn't figure out who it was, no matter how they tried. And finally, they thought it must have been Zalman Yukasil, or was it Yukasil Zalman? And they thought it was him trying to keep a secret. And sure enough, they couldn't figure out it was the Galach. But two days later, between Minche and Mairev, it was between Minche and Mairev, the Rav. Reb David of Bornia, he used to give a shear between Mincha and Mayrev. And he was in the middle of giving his shear when all of a sudden the doors of the shul burst open. <laughs> and in walked the captain of the police and many other police officers who were armed. Um, they walked in. And they came close up. And he stood in the front, the captain, he said, All right, listen to me, and listen to me very carefully. I have orders to search this place. Excuse me, I'm the Shamashim. I know where everything is in the shul. I know where Shlomo Zalman puts down the tissues instead of putting it into the garbage. I know where Sully hides his extra nash when there's an oath when you throw the peckle I know everything. That's why I'm the shamish. So if there's something you're looking for, tell me what it is. You're looking for an old pickle, maybe? You're looking for a stickle herring? Tell me what you're looking for. <laughs> if I told you what I'm looking for, you would probably hide it. Ah, oh, my false teeth? No, no, I keep my false teeth in my mouth. I don't go hide my false teeth. If I took out my false teeth, I would sound like this. I need my false teeth, you know what I mean? Yes, I see. All right, everybody here, listen to me carefully. Stay seated and nobody moves out of here. Nobody leaves this synagogue until I say so. Do you understand? Uh, excuse me, pardon me, but I'm the Rav here. And you're disturbing a shear that's going on here. 
So maybe you could look for whatever you're looking for after the hire of Minion. What do you say? Don't tell me what to do. I got my orders. Hey, the pirates gave me orders that I'm supposed to look. And I got to do what I got to do because he pays me. Now, Rabbi, sit back and relax. My Rabbi say, we have nothing to fear. And we all follow the ways of Hashem. There's absolutely nothing to fear. And so these policemen, they went looking all over the place. They went to the right. They went to the left. They looked in the bima. They opened up talisman bags. They looked inside. They looked by the kitchen sink. They looked all over the place. But they couldn't find a thing. And then finally, one of one of the one of the police officers came to the Sormshank and he noticed a little boy was playing with a cup and making noise. But then he realized, ah, I'm choking a kid. <laughs> he almost got me scared for a second. Uh, wait a second. Uh, I don't think we searched this. All right? Uh, I don't think we searched this place. So you know what I'm going to do? I'll take out these. Wow, these are big books. You guys learned this? Yes, we learned this stuff. If you were Jewish, you would know how to learn it also. Uh, wow, so much words in there. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? I'd be up all night. Uh, you'll be up all night trying to break your teeth learning it. Now, is there anything particular you're looking for? Look, you searched every place. Wait a minute! Hey, 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 I found it! I found it! I found it! What is it that you found? Show me right now. And sure enough, this officer found the two bottles of blood. Uh, yes, sir! Let me see. Hmm. Let me see what's going on. What's, what's going on? Let's see what's going on. Yeah. Yes, sir, please. There's two bottles of blood. At least that's what it looks like. But how did they get here? How did they get rough, rough? I'm sure me, excuse me. Where did those bottles come from? Rabbi, maybe you can tell me where they came from. I have absolutely no idea where those bottles of blood came from. So if you don't mind, you can take it and put it elsewhere. You are trying to frame us. And you saying, you know, I'm a police officer. We try to hide these bottles. Well, look here. What do you think we should have blood for? Come on. You use it for your matzos. You mix the blood of children into matzos. Don't you? Absolutely not. We don't do such things like that. We are forbidden from the Torah. It says clearly we're not supposed to eat or drink blood. And if we're going to make matzos, which is a mitzvah, do you think we're going to go over and make a matzah that's a mitzvah with blood, which is an avera? Sir, with all due respect, you could see someone framed us. <laughs> maybe yes or maybe no. But right now the evidence is here. And I'm going to bring this to the police station. And then I'm going to speak to the pirates. And whatever the pirate says is going to be. Meantime, if I were you, I would advise you nobody should run away from here. <laughs> and so, sure enough, the Rav said, Raboisa, Raboisa, it's a blood libel. If we didn't do anything wrong, Hashem is going to watch over us and protect us. Zorg zich, zorg zich nicht, zorg zich nicht. 
And a few hours later, the captain returned. All right, this is what the pirate said. Since uh, the pirate happens to like you people, he's going to give you a fair chance. But he can't get rid of you people like, I mean, like one, two, three, because he likes you too much. And he says you're productive people. On the other hand, he can't ignore the fact that there was blood found in the shelves behind your holy books. Yeah, so because that's there, let me tell you something. He is going to be nice to you. He wants that you people have to turn up the killer of the child within three weeks. Otherwise, he's going to kick every single Jew out of Borneo. Uh, excuse me. Let me ask you a question. Is there anybody in this town here in Borneo that complained that their child is missing? Uh, come to think of it, no. Uh, doesn't it drive your suspicion up a little bit? What do you mean? Well, think about it. Think about it for a minute. I mean, listen for a minute. What am I supposed to be listening to? Well, think about this. Imagine for a moment. Imagine for a moment. Are you imagining? Yeah, go ahead, Rabbi. That a child was killed. And you were the parent. What would you be doing? I'd probably be crying my head off. Well, first you'd be looking for your child. And then when you notice your child is missing, then you go to the police. Did anybody come to you? Uh, come to think of it, no. So then, don't you think that this blood is very suspicious? I don't know where the blood came from. I don't know. Maybe you people killed the whole family. Are you missing any family here? Uh, no. Then, again, you have a problem. Now, listen, I'm not, I'm, 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 not, I'm not the one who makes the decision here. I, I'm just a captain, okay? You got three weeks. All right. So be it. And, of course, as the clock was ticking slowly and the hours were passing... And, of course, the days were going by. The weeks were starting to go by. And after about two weeks, everybody started thinking, Well, no something. It has to be the person that was in disguise. He's probably the one. Right, Rabbi? I'm sure it is. But we can't prove it. And I even have a suspicion that it must be, no doubt in my mind, that it has to be none other than the Galach at Krumkov. After all, it was easy for him to get anywhere as the disguise. But we can't prove it because we never saw him take off the disguise. Ah, that's the bad part. Listen, let's continue looking into ourselves. And if there's any Bain very problems or any kind of very problems, uh, we should work on it. And if we can increase our learning and davening better, yes, we should work on it. And then Hashem will hear our tefillahs. And you'll see, a Yeshua will come. Meanwhile, it was about a week before the three weeks would be up. The Shamus, Arala, started thinking, You know something? I was just thinking a little bit. And maybe I should think a little bit more. Okay, I thought a little more. You know, I have to show that I have a moon in Betochen and Bainishalayim. You know... In another week, we may be kicked out of Borneo, and everything is going to go bye-bye. On the other hand, 
we have a moon betochen, Hashem is going to make a nice, and we're still going to be in Borneo. And so, therefore, I think, and instead of thinking it's going to be our last Pesach, this might be our last Pesach before Messiah comes. So in the meantime, I shall go to the motions, and I'm going to clean up everything here for Pesach. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Yum, yum, bum, 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 yum, bum, 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 No, I should sing something, put me in the mood. For Pirim. But Pirim was already. For Paisa, yeah. Put me. Ah, da, da, yaini, da, da, yaini, da, da, yaini, Ah, you know something? I'm going to do the tedious work first. It's a big thing, you know, people learn over the Gemara and they eat and they have a lot of crumbs, a lot of chomets. So I'm going to take the garbage pail over here, put it here. <clears throat> I'm going to take the big Gemara and pull it out and shake out the pages. And he started doing that. And suddenly he came to the shelf where the Galach hid the two bottles of blood. When he came there, he pulled out the big Gemara. And all of a sudden, <laughs> What was that? A, a ring? Which person was wearing a ring here? Oh, must be from the Purim custom. <gasps> oh, the person who came in the loop. Wait, I don't know. You know, whatever. Somebody lost it. I should put up a Hashovah Shaveda sign. And so he put up an Hashovah Shaveda sign. And after two days, not one person came to collect or to see the Shamas. And so the Shamas went to the Brov. Rebbe, Heilige Rebbe, I found this ring when I was cleaning up, and I thought maybe somebody's put in costume, and then what happened was is that um, I, I, nobody claimed it. And I think even though you have to do it for at least 30 days, but two days is enough in a small town like this. I mean, somebody's going to see the sign, I mean, no? Yes, of course. But wait a minute. You said you found a what? A ring. Hmm. I wonder. Was Hashem warning us that old Balkaira could not read the word by Yosar Estabatoi? Hmm. I wonder. Uh, 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 um, Shamus, let me see that. Can, can I please see that ring? Uh, uh, yeah, sure, Rabbi. Uh, uh, could you do me a favor? Get me my magnifying glass. Uh, yeah, sure, Rabbi. Okay, very good. Uh, let me see. Just as I thought. Just as I thought. Listen to me. Take that sign of Ashavas Aveda off the wall right now. Right now. Oh, right away. It's your ring, Rebbe? No, 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 no. Whose ring is it? I cannot say. I don't want any leaks over here. Now listen, all you have to do is find me a wagon driver and and and, 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 and quietly tell him that he has to take me to Prague. To Prague? That's the capital of Bohemia. That's right. I have to see the king. It's an emergency. An emergency? But Rebbe, we have a bathroom over here in the back. No, 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 not that kind of emergency. Listen to me. I think... We have a solution to stop this possible pogrom, possible getting kicked out. Listen to me. It's all in this ring. It's all in the ring? It's just a small Listen to me. Shamish, Arela, don't say anything to anybody. Nobody. Don't tell anybody where I went. Especially, it should not reach the Galach. Yeah, okay, okay, no problem. And sure enough, they found him a horse and wagon, and the driver drove him all the way to Prague. <laughs> And finally they got there. And he went straight to the king's gate. And he saw a guard there. 
excuse me, pardon me, but I'm the rabbi of Bonya, and uh, you know it's a very special place, and I need to see the king as soon as possible, and now would be a good time. No, would not be a good time. Maybe for you. Who did you say you are? I'm I'm the rav, the rabbi from Borja. One minute. Let me go speak to my superiors. And he spoke to his superiors and he came back and he said, You could see him tomorrow morning after 10 o'clock. Uh, okay, fine, fine. I'll see him after 10, no problem. And the next day he came and he had his appointment with the king. And the king looked at him and he said, So, tell me, you want my help? Is that what you're saying? Now, with all due respect, I hear everything you're saying. And if this be true, it's a sad thing. But they have the evidence. And the evidence seems to point towards you, your people. So what do you expect I, King Ferdinand V, to do? Um, I'm just wondering, um, did you happen to have an old friend? I mean, I didn't tell yet the Galach's name, but I'll tell you. Uh, Krumkov. Krumkov? Why does that name ring a bell? Ah, yes, yes. He used to live here many years ago. And then he was very close to me. I let him come to the palace very often. Ah, yes. And did you happen to give him a gift? Oh, of course. Before he left, I gave him a ring, and I wrote something on the inside. I had one of those jewelers scratch it in, etch it in, you know? Uh-huh. And would this happen to be the ring? Uh, that looks like the ring. Where did you get it? Uh, first, tell me if this is the ring. Let me look with the magnet. Yes, here you see it says clearly, <clears throat> from your friend Ferdinand to Krum, Krumka. Yeah, sure. Yes, it's very clear. This is the ring. How did you get it? That's the point. You see, we believe that the person in disguise that put that bottle, or those, I mean, those two bottles of blood into the swarm shank, into the bookcase, had to be Krumkov. Because when the Shamash was cleaning off for Pesach, the swarm, he found this ring right by the same place where they found the blood. When he pulled out the safer, the ring rolled right out. He probably dropped the ring. It probably fell off his finger when he placed down the bottles of blood. So, if this be true, this is not very good. Hmm. But I have to get him to admit Ah, I got me a plan. Listen, Rabbi, you stay here as a guest of mine in Prague. I know you only eat kosher food, so you can stay wherever you want, and I will pay for the expense. Meantime, I will make a personal invitation and invite Krumkov to a very special party. <laughs> and sure enough, Krumkov was so excited that he was invited to this party, and Krumkov came and he was so like, oh, this is fantastic. I love it very much. <laughs> the king remembers me. He wrote in the invitation that he misses me so very, very much. <laughs> I am so touched and moved by this. He's making a special party just for me. All right. Here I am. I have arrived. Oh, it's you. 
I recognize you. And besides, you're holding the invitation. Okay, go straight in, go straight, 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 straight in. And sure enough, he went in. And the king sat him down by the party. And there were other people there, and there were guests. And he served him food that was very thirsty-making. Meaning, it's like you eat it, it's spicy, it would make you very thirsty. And that's the kind of food he served. And Krimko said, Oh, this is very spicy. It's very good. Yes, yes, indeed. Quite so. <laughs> I like it very much. But you know, <coughs> will this make me very thirsty? Not a problem. Here, you know me. I have the best wine. I'm the king, after all. Here, let me pour you. Yeah, drink. Oh, this is very good wine. This is a fantastic wine. Can I have some more? With pleasure, here. And eat some more, too. Oh, yes, of course. So he ate more, he drank more. He got thirsty and thirsty, and he drank and he drank. And after drinking and drinking, he drank and he drank, and he drunk the drunk, he became drunk. And so, sure enough, he started, like, being topsy-turvy. Uh, so, how are you feeling? I'm feeling uh, very strange. <laughs> okay, so tell me. Oh, this is a great party. Mm, I think the oil doubled. <laughs> all the people in the crowd, they doubled in size. Must be all the good food you have. <laughs> no, it's just the wine you're drinking. So tell me. I noticed that you're not wearing the ring I gave you. Oh, the ring! The ring I was wearing! I, oh, my goodness! The ring is missing. He notices the ring. What am I supposed to tell him? I gave you that as a special gift. You know you should take care of that. What happened to my ring? Oh, oh the, the ring! Um, um, well, I, 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 I kind of lost it. You lost the ring that I gave you? No, no, maybe, maybe it was stolen. It was stolen. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> of course, it was stolen. It was stolen? How could you let that ring be stolen? You should be giving up your life to hold on to a gift that the king gave to you. Oh, yes. Um, 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 well, um, um, no, it, it was lost. Oh, it was lost. And uh, <clears throat> how long ago did you lose it? Oh, 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 it was maybe uh, two and a half weeks ago. Two and a half weeks ago. And do you know where you lost it? I cannot tell him. I think I lost it in the synagogue. No way. I cannot give it away. But maybe I didn't lose it in the synagogue. Maybe I lost it on the way over when I was changing the skies. Maybe I, left, maybe I lost it in two towns ago. <laughs> what are you mumbling about? Here, drink some more. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Oh, king, it's very good. <laughs> good. So tell me, where did you lose my ring? I don't know. I think I lost it. Maybe it was there two and a half weeks ago. <laughs> two and a half weeks ago. Tell me, do you recognize this? Hey, that's my ring. How did you get it? <laughs> How did I get it? Because you left it there. You, when you went to put the blood on the shells and accused the Jewish people of killing a child to use their blood in their matzahs. That was a blood libel that you made up. 
just to make trouble for the Jewish people. But it was you who did all this, right? Oh, how does he know this? Uh, well, um, um, your ring was found there. There's only one ring like this, and no one else could get it. So you were there for sure. You were the one in disguise, dressed up like somebody, and make believe you're Jewish, and learn those holy books. Admit it! Okay, okay, I, I, I not admit it. Do not admit it? Then I will hang you right now from where you stand. No, no, uh, uh, if I admit it, I'll be lenient with you. All right, all right, okay, I will tell you. Okay, I mean, yes, I made the blood libel. Hmm. And where did you get the blood? Oh, I killed this this little kid. <laughs> he was just a few towns away. Uh, they must be going crazy, but they'll never find whoever did it because I was dressed up like a hunchback. <laughs> and where are those clothing from the hunchback? Oh, I buried it in front of our town, Bornia. Hmm. Very interesting. Yeah, it seems to be true. I once spoke to a rabbi and he said... Nichnas, yayin nichnas, what's the word? Uh, the word was basically, if you bring in wine, then uh, <laughs> the truth comes out, because they can't hold themselves back. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Nichnas, yayin yatsasayin, yeah, 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 something like that. All right, now, you tell us where you bury that child. You tell us everything. And sure enough, he was so frightened he did. And he said, no, could I go home? Absolutely not. You'll be in prison for the rest of your life. I said I would be lenient. I just won't kill you now. I'll just let you rot away in prison. Take him away. And they took him away. And of course, the king managed to make sure that his men would go over and straighten out all the problems. And he gave a special letter that was signed and sealed by the king that proved that the Jews had nothing to do with using blood for their matzos, and that everything was a lie, a bilbul, a blood libel, started and caused by none other than the Galach Krumkov. And so the Poritz was given special orders by the king to protect the Jews and not let anybody who becomes hot-tempered to try to attack and rob the Jews. And this way they stopped the pogrom and the Jewish people obviously, sang Shvach V'haidor, and he was so thankful to HaKadosh Baruch Hu that they made a big Sudas Mitzvah. And believe it or not, some say that they even called it like a mini Purim for them, even though it was the month of Nisan. Okay. Wow, that was fantastic. I could tell it was fantastic. How? Because he didn't interrupt too much. You only interrupted a little bit in the beginning. Yeah, you got a point there. All right, let's see if we could take some phone calls. All right, let's see. Um, let's see if we could take some phone calls. Is there anybody there? Ah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we're going to take some phone calls. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> well, um, 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 here comes the first phone call. Hello, you're on the air. What is your name and what lesson you learned tonight's story? Me? Yes, you. You're the first caller. What lesson do you learn tonight's story? My name is Adina, and I learned that you should say, say truthfully, don't lie, share, be nice, be respectful, don't, 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 what? don't bad stuff, wonder, be happy, hear the Megillah, sing, be happy, and firm, 
Very nice. Be strong, well, within reason. Be careful. Right, right. And be careful. Yeah. Don't lie. Right. Very good. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. Next caller. Hello. You're on the air. What lesson do you learn? What's your name and what lesson do you learn tonight's story? Me? Yes, you. I wanted to say that um, you should never start up with the Yadin and Hashem always takes care of the Jews. That's if the Jews are good and if the Jews do chuva and if the Jews act the way they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. That's our secret, by the way. As long as we return to Hashem, then Hashem will protect us. Thank, Thank you, very you much. so much. You're very welcome. Okay, hello, you're on the air. What is your name and what lesson do you learn tonight's story? Hello? Yes, you're on the air. What's your name and what lesson do you learn in tonight's story? Avram Savitsky. Oh, man, you, you're good. You got in three weeks in a row, I think, no? Something like that? Four. Four more than that. Wow, that's very good. Okay. Right. Also, we talk. Right. And, um, and... I think he's trying to say... That uh, Hashem gives, he's never killed, but I think he's also trying to say that Hashem Yisborach sends us sometimes warning signs. He sends the the refuah before the makkah. He gave a hint when the Balkara made a mistake and couldn't get that word tabate out of his mouth. Okay, bye bye. Bye bye. Okay, hello, you're on the air. What is your name and what lesson you learned tonight's story? Hello. Yes, you're on the air. What's your name? No, you should never cope. Right. You never make a Bible. Right, a blood libel, yes. And that's it. That's it, very good, very good. Thank you very much. Okay, hello, you're on here. What is your name? What lesson do you learn tonight's story? Chaim Oldman. Okay, and what lesson do you learn in tonight's story, Chaim? That you shouldn't ever start with the truth. I want to give a shout-out to Avrami Savitsky. Okay, you just did that, but in the future, try to save your shout-outs for DJ Yehuda's show, because that's when they do it. Okay, thank you very much. Hello, you're on the ear. What is your name, and what lesson you learned tonight's story? Shlami Weichbor. Ah, okay, Shlami, what lesson you learned tonight's story? What lesson you learned tonight's story? That always, that Hashem always watches the read. Very good. Hashem watches every year. That's definitely in there. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, I think that's all the time we have. We could get one last caller in. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Pick that button. Okay, that's the last call. Hello, you're on the air. What is your name and what lesson you learned tonight's story? Hello, I like to um, say that you should never start up with the Eden. Very good. That's that's a good point. Goodbye. Goodbye. Okay, ah, uh, now we have, oh, we can squeeze in one last caller. Okay, from L.A. Cohen. Go ahead, Ellie. You're on the air. When you do a mitzvah, the mitzvah says you. It's a little louder, I didn't hear that. When, when you do a mitzvah, the mitzvah says you. Very good, excellent, beautiful. That is correct. So that's the biggest secret we got to remember is that, yes, it's true, it's not good to start off with Eden, but yet Eden do get into trouble a lot of times, but the secret is, when Eden return back to Yiddishkeit the way they're supposed to, then Hashem definitely protects us. Until next week, I guess everybody should have a Mishanach, not Mishanach, not Shanda, Barbie, Barbie. Child.